Hey everybody and welcome to this episode of Clinically Press. This is a new one. This features Eamon Coyne. Um, he's a huge in CrossFit, has done some really incredible things. Uh, this episode was a ton of fun. Uh, it was part of our Madison trip. Uh, great intro. We look forward to hearing your response on that. This is also with Paragon Fitness. Uh, we thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with them. Uh, both the Pauls uh, were great hosts when we were down there. Uh, be sure to check them out at www.paragonfn.com. They're doing some amazing things, um, not only with their supplementation, but also with their message and things they're trying to do to help. Um, if you go and you check them out, please use code CP15 at checkout for 15% off, and it helps us out, which we truly appreciate. Uh, we've got some stuff coming with them. Um, with reviews and ratings so if you'd please go on to itunes and do that for us we would definitely appreciate it i know everybody asked for that but we truly would i think we're at like seven we could use a bunch more so with all of that please enjoy the, this episode and we'll talk to you guys later Good? Did I break it? It's it's good. Good. It All right, go ahead, Kyle. All right. Welcome to the next episode of Clinically Pressed. We're still in Still like Paul's garage. Paul's garage. <laughs> Just sitting. Got a, got a few more people. Sit, sit <coughs> Feeding. Feeded. Our ass is planted. We're with Eamon Coyne. Thanks for being here, Eamon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, we have a little bit of a, a brief background on you. It's not up to date, so... You mind go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I've been, as far as CrossFit is concerned, I've been doing CrossFit for about 13 years now. Uh, I started uh, way back in 2004, um, kind of uh, when I was in the military. I kind of rolled through um, my whole military time, served me well uh, while being deployed in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, just keep me uh, combat ready, kind of condition ready. Um, and then I went to separate from the Navy, met my wife, went back to school, finished my degree in business, um, opened the gym during my MBA, um, with Tim Paulson, and we've kind of been growing that ever since. Where's that at? Just in, in Ithaca, background? Ithaca, New York. Okay. Yeah, across the palace in Ithaca, New York. Okay. Um, my wife took a job in Boston, so then we moved to Boston. I still own the gym. Uh, with Tim, and I still am very much involved with that. Um, but I'm also working in other gyms and doing some consulting work for for certain gyms. Oh, nice! So uh, staying busy. Of, yeah, always staying busy. That's good. Yeah. So, so how? The, oh, I want to know how you. How did you get hooked up oh, with yeah, these two? Since we have the Pauls as our special yeah. guest 
host for this. You want to tell yeah, how'd you guys all story. get hooked up together? Um, so through through another connection I had had, I had met up with um, a guy named Anthony who was on the CrossFit gymnastics seminar staff with uh, Jeff Tucker, and he was doing, I'd say, a pretty heavy volume, <laughs> pretty heavy volume um, programming for athletes. Uh, we were all was, into it then. Yeah, this was at the time where I was where I was competing a lot and really really pushing the envelope. Um, and Eamon was in there in that group as well and he had done a lot of like um, kind of like virtual coaching and different uh, you know comments here and there and whatever. Um, and we kind of connected through that. And then at the Granite Games in St. Cloud um, that group from from uh, Paradigm always comes over, and Eamon was there as well, and um, so we see each other there a lot, and just kind of continue the re- relationship, and I bounce probably hundreds of ideas off of him all the time, from business to training to, like, my marriage and <laughs> life in general. So, what I would say, although we don't get to see each other a lot, we. I talk to him more than I talk to most people around here, so that's kind of where it all started. Um, and then we had we had introduced the idea that uh, we were going to be launching a company, and he jumped on as one of the uh, testers in the original uh-huh. phases. So before we were even launched or like a real company, I guess, mm-hmm. um, Eamon was one of the individuals that uh, gave very honest, very blunt uh, feedback to us. We made some minor adjustments based on him and a few others, and then. Uh, when we went to market, we brought him on and his gym right away. That was a pretty high priority for us. So um, that's kind of where it all started, and that's where it got us to today. So awesome. You know, social media. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cell phones. Yeah. Pretty much all. All of, us. All of our communication. Yeah. Thanks, kids. Wild. It's wild. Yeah. But I'd say that's one of the cool, not to get off Paul, track. Paul, yeah, his favorite thing, social media. Yeah. 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 But it's super cool. I mean, like. <laughs> social media expert. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy because it's his own world now. Like, it's his own language, its yeah. own community. I learned how to Instagram story today. I'm so yeah, I still don't do that either. But I mean, yeah, like, thanks, just Andy. the connection. Figuring it out. Yeah, thanks, Andy. I can't even, wow. I can't, we were talking about this earlier. I can't even, like, watch People, some people, yeah, just have to like hit past their stories because it's like they got forty-seven things. things yeah, and you're like, I know, but it, then oh, it still yeah. stays there. Yeah, it still to, stays at the top. You have to. It see goes away all. in like two days. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. but they've already got another like forty-eight stories. Yeah, yeah. that's so the point where it's not following. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that why you want to follow me? <laughs> I've never. Been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much, Andy. If you follow Andy on social media, you pretty much know it's cats, guitars. Heavy lifting, squatting. Heavy lifting, yeah. and, his, and his giant uh, Dodge Ram. <laughs> Not a giant, but it's a giant. It's an Andy-sized Dodge Ram. Like so it's very small. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Paul, what size. can you tell us about search engine optimization? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that it's really important. Um, this is one of the jack-off-reference <laughs> things you're not good at. For what we did with our website is like put in a bunch of search. It's like, here's where you put in your search engine optimization. Do you do that for your gym? I said, I'll, uh, I'll get into that. We'll <laughs> That's actually part of my book. 
Let's put okay. in all of the terms that, I miss that, you that people might search for. And no, I mean, that's how it works. I don't know. <laughs> yes. 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 So but I'm writing right, Let's go there. But I'm getting yeah. it. Yeah. Anywho. Let's go. Back to, to the Back to, to the book? Yeah. So one of the questions you guys had asked me was like a suggestion on a book. Yeah, book recommendations. My book? Yeah. That is a great recommendation. There's two books that I recommend. Um, I actually buy them for a lot of people. Um, Ooh, we haven't gone to the gifted question. That'd be really stealing it from Ferris, but go ahead. It's a Tim Ferriss book. Yes, it's a four-hour work week. Okay. That's the first oh, recommendation yeah. I have. Yeah. Um, great so talking about like SEO and stuff like that, and you're like, I don't really know a lot about that, and blah, 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 blah. Instead of trying to figure that out, just outsource it. Yeah. Just because yep. you can find, like, sure. you go into something like, you go into something like uh, Upwork, which is um, yep. a website. That, that's actually who built our website for CrossFit Palace. I went to Upwork and I was like, I have $400 to spend on a website. My website currently right now looks like crap. I need it redone, right? I could do it. It's going to waste a ton of time. I'll figure it out. It's not probably great. not going to look great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to hit everything. Why don't I just hire somebody? I have some, I have, you don't, like, Tim Ferriss is a little bit of an extreme example, right? He has made a... That dude's figured it out. He's figured it out, yeah. right? And if you, I, I think if you go through that process, it's like, in theory, it makes sense. four-hour work week before he really had it figured out. You need a break, right? You need a break. And overnight success, everybody talks about overnight success. Tim Paulson, he's the co-owner of my gym. Everybody's like, oh, Tim Paulson's overnight success. I have watched that kid bust his ass for the past five years. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Did now that he's... Yeah. Right. Well, he's, he's been rides. he's been to regionals five years yeah. in a row. He he's rides. had ups, he's had downs, he's had great years, he's had bad years. There is no such thing as an overnight success. No we talked about it with this one, like the FitCast. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. It's Kevin Larrabee. He worked out of Mike Boyle, Mike Boyle strength and conditioning. Sure. Like, in Boston, right? Mike Boyle. Yeah, yeah. He's like, it took me three years of putting out free content before this actually took off to right. something that now. Yeah. He could. He left Mike Boyle, and he's kind of doing his own thing. But it's like three years of just free content, and then I was a success. Look at Kelly Star started. He started Same putting out like the what was it called when he started the mobility project? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He put out a put year, out, a year's worth of something every day. Yep. Three sixty five. Yeah. And that stuff's still free content. Yep. And it was free. And it's got for how many years? Hundreds of thousands of views. Right. Before he moved to the paid subscription. Right. So here's a here's a caveat to that though, specifically speaking about like something like the mobility project. Um, that guy that cheated on the open, yeah, yeah, uh, looped his video. Yeah, there's a lot of theory behind that that he did that just so he could bump his YouTube users because there's there's money associated with that, yeah. right? Yeah. So that is kind of but it's Funny. cheating, yeah. right? That's cheating the overnight success thing. Yeah. It's not like sustainable. Kicker from US, yeah, like UCF. Right. That quit football. College kicker. Uh-huh. Quit playing college football because he has a successful YouTube channel. They and they told him that he way. couldn't use his name to make, to make his own money. Yeah. So he quit playing football yeah. so he could continue his YouTube videos. See you guys later. Yeah. But. And it was all based on his. He was yeah. huge. He was popular. Had so but many again, views. Sustainable. Who knows, but did he have a pro career in kicking? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, for him, man, that's the a decision salary he made. Is the NFL. Right, was that an overnight True. thing, or was that, like, yeah. 
they eventually got to a point where they're like, okay, you can't keep doing this. Like you, something like YouTube, it's not like one day you don't have like two subscribers to your YouTube channel and the next day you're, you're getting the, the, the golden play button, right? Yeah. It's, it's still, there's still... We've learned that in this whole entire <laughs> process. <laughs> there's still like... Coming up on 100 subscribers, hopefully after this weekend. <laughs> yep, yeah. The, it's the century mark. It's the big mark. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, trust me, we're gonna blow it up yeah. when we hit it. Only a hundred more of these. We'll be all set. No, <laughs> One thousand true fans. We got a few to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, second book is uh, Jocko Willink's book. Love Extreme it. Ownership. Such a good book. Yep. Anytime I feel like I'm complaining, I just look back at it and it's like it's on me. I gotta present it better. But yeah, no, I love that book. Um. Funny story, yesterday my wife and I stopped at Starbucks to grab coffee, um, and we live in Massachusetts now, and living in Massachusetts, having grown up in Philadelphia, um, Massachusetts probably has some of the worst drivers that I've ever seen in my life. Really? Like, really bad. Like, we joked when I was a kid, like, New Jersey drivers are awful. Oh, Massachusetts wow. is, yeah, right? I was going to mention that. <laughs> Massachusetts, but I think every state does that, right? Yeah. But Massachusetts, it's like... Iowa's pretty bad. The rules of the road bad. don't exist, right? Somebody has a stop sign and you have a right of way. Somebody's like, my turn. And they'll just pull out in front of you, right? Dogs are sleeping with cats. Bedlam. Right? Um, so yesterday we stopped at, at Starbucks. This is going to circle back around extreme ownership. But we stopped at Starbucks and some girl, my wife's in the, in the back of the car with a baby, um... Some girl just like pulls up right next to us. There's plenty of parking all around. Pulls up right next to us. She just pops the door open, hits our door. And then she's like, there's something there. And then she closes her door and pops it open again and hits it again. And I was like, and I wasn't there. My wife told me about this. And then so my wife comes, I come back out uh, from the, uh, from grabbing coffee. And I saw the, the two people walk in. And uh, my wife's like, that girl inside just, kind of like nailed our car twice and I looked and there's a scratch on the door and like not a big deal right I'm not gonna like freak out about it so I went over to her and I was like hey we need to exchange insurance information pretty simple like you know you hit my car it's I'm not I'm, I'm not gonna come after you but I want to make sure that I'm protected in right. this situation um she like got into a big stink and like called the cops over and everything like that and the cop like he does his forensic analysis and he like opens her door barely and he's like, yep, it lines up. You're at fault. And <laughs> right. So I, I literally was, I wasn't going after her for any other reason. And then, then to have her take a little bit of ownership of what she had done. Right. Right. To me, that's a huge deal. Like if you do something wrong or if you do something wrong, take ownership of that. Even if it's your own team, if you do something right, Give that away. That doesn't belong to you. That belongs to your team, right? So that's kind of my takeaway for see, right? kind of my takeaway from from that book. Um, and then did somebody's door on accident, left him a note, never got a call to fix it. Well, left it underneath their windshield wiper. Felt terrible it. about it. Yeah. yeah. So that was just the thing. I like got slipped on ice and my door flew open. Yeah. Boom! Yeah. I was like, shit. Oh man. <laughs> because I felt terrible. I was like, it happens. Don't worry about. It. I was like, I gotta go leave him a note. And, yeah. I don't know what happened to it, but I never got a phone call. Yeah. Shout out to St. Louis Park and 
<laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember the name of the apartment complex. If you see this, your word, whatever, I intended to grab out of your passenger door. <laughs> Something like that actually happened to me. Uh, I was riding back from my hometown on my motorcycle. It was kind of stop and go traffic. I was paying attention, but uh, the car in front of the truck I was behind slammed on its brakes. So the truck had to slam on its brakes. And I don't know if any of you ride or have ever ridden, but I, I had to jam on the brakes, felt the back tire lock up, and when you lose that, you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm like, okay, I can uh, let go of the brakes and try to duck left real quick. And I let go of the brakes, tried to duck left, and didn't, the rear tire didn't catch. And I just kind of spun. I got far enough left that I didn't hit straight on, but I ran into the rear cord in a hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a big guy, I'm on a motorcycle going 20 miles an hour. I hit probably a 2016 uh, Ram, like it was probably a $60,000 truck. And I'm like, shit, like, uh, I, I'm gonna have to pay for this. I don't know how I'm gonna do that. I'm insured, but I just, I don't wanna deal with this right now. My insurance rates are gonna go up, da 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 My guy gets out and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm like, I'm so sorry, dude. I, I just couldn't stop. And he's, I'm like, I have insurance. I'm like, I can get you my information. I have my car on my phone. Let me write it down for you. He's like, well, does the bike still run? I don't know. Let me, I'm gonna, I'll get you my insurance info. And then he's like, well, let's check if the bike still runs. And we went. He helped me pick it up and turn it on. It ran. He's like, oh, if you're okay, I'm okay. See you later. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, man, like it's, it's not that big a deal. And I'm looking at the truck with my insurance. Are you sure? I'm like, it's a nice truck. You're going to have to replace that. The aim size, like, like, hole in it. Yeah. <laughs> the craziest thing was, uh, and yeah, it derails the episode a little bit, but the craziest thing was. I think we're already past that. I gave him my business yeah. card. Just, I'm like, dude, well, if, you, if you're, I don't know if you're scared of my size or you just got somewhere to be and you don't have the time, whatever, like, if you change your mind. Give me a call and work this out. I'm like, I have no problem taking full for that. And he actually emailed me three weeks later just to check if I was okay. Yep. Oh, that's cool. That's so, but that can also, like, getting back to the business side of things, kind of circling things back around, something like that. Yes, lots. <laughs> something like that, that can also lead to a, a business connection, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So your, your integrity that you have with people. Um, especially in this business, especially in this business, in the, in the business of running a CrossFit affiliate, integrity speaks volumes, right? If I, when I first opened my gym with Tim, we made a lot of mistakes, right? Like dumb things, but like, you know, I didn't wait, <laughs> bloody murder's gonna be. I know, part of You know, I've been, I was taking my MBA, I was coaching all the classes, Tim didn't have his level one yet. Um, you know, I didn't wake up for class at 6 a.m., right? Guys, I'm really sorry I didn't wake up for class. You know what? We're a new business, but I messed up. I'm gonna give you guys X number off on your next month just for this one incident, right? It will not happen again. You know, I think that, I think building that relationship initially when we first opened, helped us to build a reputation in the town of Ithaca, right? Ithaca's not big. 30,000 people and students aren't there. 60,000 people and students are there. It's a mm-hmm. tiny town, right? If we think about like market share, Tim and I are operating at about 
Um, we're running about, it's about 200, 200 members, 220 members, somewhere in that range. Which, for the market share, if we're talking about, and Ithaca is a pretty fit town, right? Mm -hmm. For the market share, it's actually pretty low, right? I would like to see that number shift a little bit, but um, we base a lot of things off of Dunbar's number, which is the amount of uh, meaningful relationships you can have with people. Because once again, this, this business is about relationships. Um, with Dunbar's number, it says like 120 to 150 per person. I have 12 coaches on staff, Tim and I, so that can that could potentially exponentiate uh, our number, but um, in order for me to stay in contact with my gym, I need to keep that number to a minimum between the owners, between Tim and I. So like 300 would be an ideal number for us. We're not quite there yet. But we're working. Yeah, we're working on it. But I think those relationships that we built early um, helped us establish our, really, our, our reputation in the town, and it helped like start bringing people in and things like that. So, yeah, I've heard some things about like, do you focus on the people that you don't have, or do you focus on the ones that you do have that are going to be repeat because you have them, and then you take care of them, and then it just goes from there. And I think once you, you know, become so that, you don't want to ignore the ones that are already dedicated to you. Yeah. For the sake of hoping that you're going to pull another few more in, and yeah. Whatnot. From a from a financial standpoint, those people are already paying you, mm -hmm. right? They're already providing you with um, with your your living. However, that whatever wherever that may be, right? Tim and I did not focus on making money when we first started. Um, we don't even focus on making money now. Um, that's not that's not the business we're in. We're in the business of making people healthy and fit and increasing their experiences and making sure they're having a good time building relationships and like that's what we're really in this for. Um, the money is a byproduct. Making, and we are by no means raking in the dough. But everybody that opens an affiliate is rich. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've heard this on an episode of Barbell Business or two. Yeah. That's not how that works. I think somebody has slipped you something. Yeah. Because yeah. that is not the case. <laughs> and it wasn't the night games so, or... But you know what? I've, I've worked for... Maybe it was with the weird dreams. Good man. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. Um, I've worked for Ben Bergeron, right? I worked for Ben Bergeron for, for almost a year. I was his director of operations. Um, I learned a lot from Ben. I learned an incredible amount about... Not business, because I, I think I know how to do that, but I learned how he did things... And as when you're, whenever you're working with somebody who's a super high performer like that, um, you will take things that you're like, that's a good piece of information. And then you'll look at things and you say, that's not going to work for me. So I'm not going to take that piece of information and apply it right now, right? right. But I'm going to put that in the bank and I might need that later. Yeah, um, the toolbox is never known. Totally, yeah. totally. Ben's got, um, he doesn't like what I talk about, the numbers. He has a lot of members. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of members. Ben knows almost all of them. Like, he knows them by name. He knows... So he's been able to expand that Dunbar's number for himself. Um, but he's also... Uh, he's also savant with that stuff. So he's very good at the, the relationship building side of things. Um, so I took a lot away from working for him. Um, and I then applied it to, to my business, which has actually helped us grow a lot. Nice. Um, and I give, I, you know, when I left that job, the reason why I left that job is because I was looking for something 
uh, a little more um, sustainable, I guess, in the long run. At 36, you know, working as a coach isn't exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I wanted to start branching out and start trying to build new things, um, which I am working on a new project right now. And it's kind of, um, we're almost there. We're almost close. Yeah, we're close. So. Exciting. I look forward to that. Yeah. Based on It's with a pretty pretty big group. It's with uh, Dave Durante and uh, Chad Vaughn's involved. Um, we have a, a Shane Garrity, so it's a the group from Power Monkey, Power Monkey Camp, okay. and uh, two Olympians. So it's it's gonna be big. Dang. I'm not gonna mess around. I can. It's um it's a it's a competition series. Uh, it's called the Wolves. Oh, oh yeah, 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 you reference it. Yep. Yep. Okay. So that's kind of the uh, um, the direction that we're headed in right now. So that we're in the process cool. of building that out. We have a uh, our first competition coming up in September in Belton, Texas. Um, it's it's a novel approach to competing. It's based off of uh, team roping, so rodeo roping. Um, whereas everybody, there's a se- series of tests or exercises, and everybody kind of gets a number, right? So Paul's a badass. He's been to the games, you know. He's hit all these numbers. He's a 10, right? I just had a baby. I've got, you know, an issue with my labrum. You know, I'm a six, right? So I would not compete with Paul. Um, I would compete with, as a six, I could actually team up with two other people, or pardon me, I could team up with uh, one other person to make a 14, so we add our numbers together. Mm-hmm. It's like a six and an eight. They make a 14. The six might be really good at gymnastics skills, but doesn't exactly have the strength skills. And the eight might be a little bit more um, advanced in the gymnastics, but isn't quite there as much as the six is. But uh, their weightlifting numbers are a little bit higher, whatever. Um, and then they compete against other 14s. And provided we get our magic number is 30 teams per division. It's 150 teams for the entirety of the competition. It's five divisions. Uh, provided we hit those 30 teams, uh, the payouts are more than any local competition or any regional competition you'll see. And it's for people that, you know, you can have a team of a 10, which is a team of three, um, who are not super experienced in CrossFit, who can still earn four grand, right? So it's like real money for real competitions. That's kind of the direction. Oh, yeah. It's like the cash chain. Yeah, sure. yeah, the way the sport has developed, like, you know, you see a lot of different brands that have competition series, but it's like, you know, you pay your fee to, like, register your team, and then you you might win, or you might take third. And you walk like, away with that bag of progenics, and you're like... Yeah, or like a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got like yeah, a t-shirt yeah. out of it or whatever. And, um, you know, and like something like this is going to be pretty big for those, uh, you know, especially for people who aren't quite at the level as what's going on this weekend, mm-hmm. um, but who are still... Something going on this weekend? There's a little bit going on. But the it gets more people involved, and when you get, like, excitement, and, like, you have to have some sort of game planning with who you partner up with, 
and then there's a cash cash payout. That's cash is always king. So, you know, the the opportunity for growth is is pretty big comparatively to what exists on the market right now. Because it's like everything else, you kind of throw your money away at just being able to go to a local competition to say that you did it. Maybe you got a shirt out of it. And even from the like existential side, the you know I'm a coach and I'm trying to build a community and things like that. Um, it gives people something to work for, right? Not only like training for these competitions, but also like I'm a four right now, but I want to be a six. Like mm-hmm. yeah. so, it gives them an opportunity. I mean, the, the the payouts as of right now, as it stands, the payouts are the same, right? So if you're in the open division, which is like an eight and above, and that's teams. If you're in the open division as an eight and above. Uh, with somebody else, you know, you win that division, it's the same payout as if you're in a team of three, you know, so mm. it's, um, we're trying to level the playing field as far as, um, you know, work well for even if yeah. you're not at the highest cool. level, you can still, still go in and feel like you're, right. you're, you're still, still competing, but you're yeah. not just walking away. We're, your we're still kind of, yeah, we're still kind of playing with the model a little bit to mm-hmm. see um, what's going to be best. And this first competition in September is going to be great because it's going to give us a lot of uh, data to play with. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. So what's going to figure out what makes them a 6 versus a 5 or a 7? We have a series of 10 tests. Um, it's things like, you know, what's your clean what's your snatch, what's your deadlift. Um, those are the strength events. And then um, gymnastics pulling, gymnastics pushing. Um, Toes of ours on there, double unders, 1K row, one mile run, and then there's a Metcon. The Metcon is, as of right now, the Metcon's gonna change. Like, we're thinking like either quarterly or every six months, something like that. Um, but the Metcon right now is uh, 30, 20, 10, wall balls and burpee box shankovers, which is gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. It's just, um, like I said, it's just trying to figure out the data. Sure. So, you know, a six might have, between those 10 tests, they average out as like a 6.2. It would be a six. Sure. So, they could excel in some things and then they have a snatch that they're still working. They don't have good overhead mobility or whatever, so they're still working on that. So. Pretty sweet. Really interesting, uh, something we were just talking about as we drove by the Align Energy Center today is actually drove by the the Welcome to the Fittest City on Earth sign mm-hmm. down the street. Is like, I come from a powerlifting background where money was not an option mm-hmm. until very recently we had a, like a 40K prize money. Mm-hmm. And that was mind-blowing for people that you could win $40,000 from powerlifting. Right. Even weightlifting and bodybuilding, the, the payouts just aren't there. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how crazy it is that CrossFit just came in and gets all this criticism for being stupid and just being this fast sport where every single other sport that, I guess in any right, but more specifically weightlifting, powerlifting, bodybuilding, kind of the sports that fit within the niche, need to learn from CrossFit. And I'm learning it more and more just talking to the people of CrossFit. Yeah. I could never talk to everyone, but meeting some of you guys today, it's insane to see how savvy and how business-minded and how just you look at the big picture as a whole, not just looking at, I want to I make my gym good. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can we make the community better? Mm-hmm. 
and it's really cool that you hear that that's what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, we're we're getting there. I think it's uh, it's a faster process than bodybuilding or powerlifting, but I think it's still a pretty uh, way faster. <laughs> yeah, I think it's still a pretty slow process. It's like a distant point on a far horizon kind of thing. For reference, it is, but yeah, like I mean, it really established itself as like. Uh, you know, it, it's a definite force pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. If yeah. you look at the last 10 years of the CrossFit Games compared to other, you know, sports that you talk about, and like we're not bashing, it's just that the progression, like the mm -hmm. linear progression, if you look at not just the cash payouts of winning, you know, which CrossFit has gotten pretty good at pretty high <laughs> I mean know? but um, it's all the businesses that can be created off exactly. of it oh, yeah. you know what I mean there are so many things from oh, food yeah. companies to recovery to supplements you know, everybody's looking for supplements right. to supplements. a bed you know like you know the we have Casper. a we have a performance lead bed we've looked into all these other ones like which would never have happened unless we were involved in that sport and that's just in 10 years we were so, really yeah. rogue as a company. Oh, blew up. Where did to jump in? I figure it out. Yeah, Bill, Bill Henniger and Katie Henniger got involved in CrossFit in the early stages, and they were like, they were literally like welding stuff in a garage to, yeah. to put together. Yeah, one of my, I still got a pair of One of the guys I worked with yeah. went to Ohio State, and it was in Columbus. He was one of the originals with Rogue, like helping them out. Yep. Like when it was just like, hey, come over, we're going to. Try to put this stuff. We're gonna build some stuff. Yeah. And then we were there for a game. we were there for the Ohio State one of the Ohio State games there this year, and we went to the new facility. Oh, yeah. it's like, incredible! It's incredible. That is a short amount of time. Oh, for, for sure. that level of growth. Well, we were just hanging out at UW, and they're talking about. I mean, all the stuff we're gonna buy is rogue. Like they're yeah. not buying. That is like the standard. The traditional. Which you always would. And, and I would say the majority of that is. Thanks to CrossFit. the growth of CrossFit. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Really? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. 100%. That, the, the thing I've noticed huge is at first, Rogue was a CrossFit brand. Mm -hmm. And then they, they branched out, but it took the community outside of CrossFit so long to catch up. Like, I don't want to use Rogue barbells. It's mm -hmm. a CrossFit bar. Yeah. And now everyone in Powerlifting is like, yeah, I use a Rogue Ohio Power Bar. Yeah, Ohio Bar is great. And they That's know the standard. Is that what I was using today? That was a Chan Bar. Chan bar. Yeah. They came out with uh, the calibrated keto plates yep. for yep. not to knock any other companies, but for like three grand less than a Lego. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that one. The initials aren't start with an E. <laughs> it, no. I'm not going to say the name, but it rhymes with Kakiko. <laughs> and we will no longer have them as a sponsor. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> they they are rogue. Um, but yeah, it's insane to see the community as a whole grow, affect other sports in such a positive way, and just look at the numbers of USA weightlifting. Oh, exactly. You know what I mean? Giants. Um, yeah. It's the, like the rebirth of weightlifting in the totally, US. Yeah. Totally. I went and took my uh, USA weightlifting sport performance cert back in two, 2012, and you know, Pete and I were like one of five. Yeah. CrossFit coaches in the room and everybody else is either, well, most of the other people were university kids looking to get more, in their own words, yeah. looking to get more letters at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, going to the restroom is just like, you believe these CrossFit people are here? What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are they watching?
something. You're saving your sport. Yeah, that's right. exactly. <laughs> it's true. I, I took it and they showed up, and to me, I looked at it the other way and it was like, look at these guys. And I didn't know much about CrossFit. I didn't, yeah. wasn't knocking it. I just didn't know anything about it. I was like, they're paying money to come get better at something yeah. from the people that, in theory, know it best. Yeah. I applaud that. Like, yeah. So we don't just use the weekend yeah. horse and claim to know everything? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's a lot of how those continuing yeah. things go. Uh, <laughs> only, only five I'm a genius in DNS now from two courses, just yes. so you know. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. I always refer to this guy. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. You went overseas. You're well on your way. So with that, uh, what are some of the differences between the CrossFit certifications? Because you have a plethora. Plethora. Uh, you do. It's the only big word I know. I like the word. Like that that came out at 9 p.m. on night. I formed the question around the word, actually. So <laughs> I don't care about your plethora. He's got a lot of certification. He just says it, plethora. <laughs> um, so you have, you have your, like, what do we consider, like, your base structure of the certification process, um, which is cross level one. Uh, obviously, that's, like, Weekend course, no real requirements for that except for taking the test. Um, the level two is kind of like, hey, I've been doing this stuff for a couple of years. It's kind of cool. I'm really into it. Um, and that kind of teaches you a little bit more about the nuances of things like seeing, correcting, uh, programming, uh, program design, um, coaching. So that's kind of the direction that that heads in. Once you get to the level three and level four, level three across uh, level three is a um, that is the first certification. So the other two are certificate courses. So there's no CEUs that you need to have in order to maintain that um, certificate, right? You are awarded the certificate, you yes, pass the test, yeah. that's it, right? Mm -hmm. And actually, you only need a level one to open it, open an affiliate, yep. oh. which is. I think they need to change that. Yeah, I think it needs to be at least a level two. Um, but if you, if you want to have your name on an affiliate paperwork, I think you need to have a level three. I think you need to have a level three. You need to have the appropriate college education in level sports one. Like maybe coach, coach, but right. higher to open. Yep. And I think I understand that. I think a degree in physiology is um, it's equivalent, right? I mean, in order to main, in order to maintain <laughs> that. We've talked, talked about, about it with the CSCS, CSCS like, right? Yeah. Sure, it's still the gold standard by the NCAA levels, but everything in that book is rarely what you actually see occur in right. the actual and center. And and you brought this big world of like physiology and human performance and human movement into this little niche of you need to have this CSCS. Like, you 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 are a coach at a at a university, mm -hmm. right? Do they require that you have a CSCS or at least a, some some base level of certification? Division three hasn't required it yet. It's the norm, but like division Which, one. Would you have gotten the job if you didn't have it? See, I got roped into it a real backwards <laughs> way, but I have passed the test. <laughs> I was just broken, let it lapse, so okay. I have to take it again. But I have passed the test. Okay, so that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like it's like they bring this big broad thing of like physiology, human performance, movement, and then they niche down to like. But it only works in this small sector, mm -hmm. right? I think um, going back to like certifications, level four is just the next step up, right? Um, 
we call it the good old boys network because uh-huh. it's a lot of the people that have been around for 10, Long time. 10 or 15 years. And they've, the OGs. They've yeah. been on seminar staff and they've made, you know, they've written articles for the CrossFit Journal. And There's very know, few. There are. There's, very, there's very not few. many. It's invite only, right? Uh, it is invite only. Yep. Ben Bergeron is one of the, one of the only level fours that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck Carswell is another one. Chuck Carswell has been around for a long time. Adrian Bosman. So some of like the, the bigger names in that side of CrossFit. Um, I think what we've been doing is, is, and then you get into like the specialty certifications like gymnastics, weightlifting, mobility. Um, they actually have a new coaches development course that Austin Maliolo is teaching and Denise Thomas over at Reebok CrossFit One. Um, it costs an arm and a leg. I think it's five days and it's like, it's five grand. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Close. It's a lot of money for certification. But Austin and Denise are incredibly good at what they do. They, Very good teachers. Yeah, and they run an awesome program over yeah. there. Um, I actually had Denise. Uh, I worked for CrossFit Gymnastics. I had Denise in my gymnastics cert. She took her gymnastics cert probably like three months ago or so at Reebok One. So uh-huh. um, that was kind of fun teaching her the kind of taking her taking her through how I would teach things. Uh-huh. So hopefully she takes that stuff back to the level one staff and like they start looking at how they teach gymnastics in level one. They have to teach to a large group, so they have to teach a little bit different. But right, sure. I think what CrossFitters are doing now is branching off and doing things like USAW, branching off and doing things like CSCS. I have 12 coaches that work for me. Out of those 12 coaches, eight of them have their CSCS. Uh, five of them have uh, their degrees in sports and exercise physiology, and two of them have their master's in sports and exercise physiology. Nice. Um, we're lucky because we're in Ithaca, so Ithaca College is very well known for that. Yeah. But um, so we've kind of recruited from the school. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the direction that a lot of these business owners need to go in, is starting to recruit the people that... I'm a business guy. My bachelor's, I have a BS in, uh, in business management, and I have a master's degree in uh, change management and organizational dynamics. It's good for us because we run it as a business, um, and then we bring in the people that we need to bring in in order to make it successful. All right, good. Well, and the you know, part is now, you, hey, we got this great business, but then we got the staff with the knowledge right. beyond the typical level one that might have just decided to open it to make so much money they can retire. You know, and this is why we're different. This is why you come to us because we're not just going to give you the basics, we're going to take it to a whole other level because we have it. Well, but we also, know how to, we also know how to yeah. build it, right? So we know how to, right. yeah. we know the scalability of it. Yeah. So the flip side of that is you get a lot of people who are trainers, no offense, uh, and have gone through, but gone through sports and exercise physiology programs and they're like, I'm really good at this fitness thing. I'm really good at teaching it. I'm going to open this gym because it's a low barrier of entry, right? So then they open a gym and they fail. They fail because they don't understand the business side. That they're right. the business no, side is absolutely. So I think if you start melding those two worlds, you're gonna have a lot more successful affiliates. Agreed. So. Yeah. So what are some of the business side of things that it takes to, to run a successful team? <laughs> and we're here for another three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Just boil it down. Yeah. So. Um, what would be your three tips of running yeah, a successful CrossFit gym? Three tips of, of running a successful CrossFit gym. If you don't, um, if you don't have a skill set in something, hire somebody that does. Right? It kind of gets back to that Tim Ferriss thing. Right? If you're not good at something, yeah, you could spend the time. If it's something you're really interested in, spend the time and get to know how to do it. If not, if you're like, 
I'm only going to do this because it's going to benefit my business, you know, hire out. Yeah. Bring somebody else in, have them take care of it, right? That's, in a way, that's kind of what we did because we brought in uh, coaches that have that specialty and Tim and I don't have that. Um, That's my first one. The second one is, is don't focus on the money. When you focus on the money, that's, that's all you think about. You get desperate. Yeah. Trying to come up with anything. Anything. But it, it also, it also becomes all consuming, right? So you're not, once that's all consuming, you're not freeing up your time to focus on your membership, to focus on, Hey, there's a light out in the bathroom and nobody's going to replace that with me. Right. And to like take care of those small things. Um, the devil's definitely in the details. Um, so making sure that you're, um, don't focus on the money, focus on, focus on the community and focus on your facility. Right. If you have a top notch facility and top notch doesn't mean you have to have all the best equipment. Top notch means the place is clean. It's a place that people want to come to. It's a place that people want to spend time at after they leave or after they're done with their workout. They come in for their hour, they, they crush it, they do what they're going to do, and then they want to hang out afterwards. Yeah. I mean, the that's, home that's really one of the reasons yeah. that we brought beer into the gym, right? So one of my, one of my members is a, is a major, he's, he's becoming a major player in the Finger Lakes brewing industry. His, uh, his brewery is called Lucky Hair. Um, he makes... I remember when he first brought his beer to us. He's like, "Here, guys, try this." And it was like it was like backyard swill. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in the beer industry before I before I joined the Navy, and so I was in the microbrew industry for a while. Um, and now his his beer. <laughs> I also drove a Zamboni when I was younger. Oh, yeah, good. Um, that's my weirdest Just job. <laughs> um, you know, so he he exchanged his membership for beer. Uh, for a keg of beer and we always have a keg of beer on and people stick around after workouts especially on like the weekends yeah. and like hang out and we'll have a beer and they chat and they, they get to um, get to know each other the community. yeah they build a community um, the final piece would probably be something having to do with like um Making sure that even when you're building a business, you're, you're not smashing yourself into the ground every single day trying to build that business. It's incremental change that helps to get you there. Um, if you burn yourself out, it's, it's not going to... If you burn yourself out, the business is done. Business is gone. Like, you're, you're not going to want to do it anymore. Um, or it's going to have failed. Or it's going to... Um, not be the vision that you had for it, um, you know. So making sure that you're you're getting a little bit of that time to like decompress and stuff like that. I think Tim and I we did a great job in the first year that we were open, first two years we were open at our original location. In that, I would go away for a couple of days, he would cover everything, and then he would go away for a couple of days, and I would cover everything. And we had like a good bounce back and forth. Um, not like on a weekly basis. It wasn't like I took off, but like if I wanted to go on vacation with my wife, we would take off for two weeks and Tim would be like, I remember we went to, we went to France, um, went to France for two weeks. Tim was like, don't worry about it, man. I got it. And then he went off with, uh, his fiance and I forget where they went, but they went on vacation for two weeks. It was like, we created a little bit of balance there. So that balance of not crushing ourselves all the time has helped us to build the brand and build the business. It's important. Awesome.
with your gymnastics background and expertise, I mean, I started this, but what are some of the common mistakes you see? Um, people that come into CrossFit typically don't have much of a gymnastics background, so what common mistakes do you see, and then what do you recommend this to help them out? Um, first, things, first thing to like back it up, I actually, uh, my background is actually ice hockey. I played ice hockey for 25 years. Um, I was never a child gymnast. Um, I picked it up doing CrossFit, and it's just something I picked up um, really well. And working on the certs has helped me become a better teacher at it um, and, a, and a better practitioner of it. Um, but it was a, a long road to learn that stuff. Um, and that's, that's what I would say, is that when... Oh, that was a lightning bug. It's it's sad. Reflex. Um, yeah. Like a cat. Um, oh, they smell too. You know that smell? I'm just crushing mosquitoes over here yeah. for the last 30 minutes. Um, I think when people start into gymnastics, it's uh, um, they try to layer on too much too fast. Right? So they try and they start, they're like, like I can't do a strict pull-up but I can do these kipping pull-ups because I just flail around a bunch and throw myself up over the bar. Or as I think if they, if they, because it's in gymnastics, it's not like, it's not like weightlifting, right? So weightlifting, if you add a pound of PR, right? There is a direct linear progression. It is, you know, it's pass or fail, right? In gymnastics, it's, fail a whole bunch, and then I've reached the goal of getting my chin over the bar, so I've accomplished that goal of kipping pull-ups, right? But they haven't created the, the stability in the joint, the shoulder joint specifically, um, to sustain that, because they haven't worked on the strength part, right? So they haven't worked on the, the strength and endurance that goes along with that. As far as the biggest error that I see is people trying to scale inappropriately, coaches letting them scale inappropriately and then they constantly stay stuck there, right? The two examples I have, the dreaded green band for pull-ups, people wrap that around, they, they get hooked on that, right? They're losing tension when they need it most, they're gaining tension when they need it least. So they have created this crutch of, you know, because I'm, I'm in the workout, I'm getting my chin over the bar, and all these other people are doing pull-ups and getting their chin over the bar, so I'm in the workout, I'm, I'm part of this. As opposed to, Dialing it back, making them do ring rows or jumping pull-ups, something that's got, jumping pull-ups are a metabolic movement. They're not necessarily going to build any uh, strength or stamina. Um, it's a metabolic movement. But ring rows, which is going to help them build strength. It's going to help them introduce things. And then progressively taking their body and changing the, uh, the point of leverage until they're hanging from a bar and able to pull their chin up and over the bar. That is the appropriate progression for that. The other one is the birthday cake for ab mats, for handstand push-ups. Mm -hmm. So they got like four ab mats down there. I'm five foot seven. If I got four ab mats down, it's like my head's, I'm doing like an inch here, right? Like, but I'm in the workout as opposed to taking it all the way back down to the ground, working on the pressing strength, right? And that can mean pressing from a push-up position. It can mean pressing from a dip position. Um, both of those things are going to help develop the tricep, develop the chest into a better position so that when you do kick up against the wall and you flip upside down, you can start doing handstand push-ups a little bit better. Don't jump on too quick layer in the progression, build the progression. If anybody that is listening to this podcast has any questions about progression, uh, you can either look at crossfitgymnastics.com 
or you can email myself or uh, my friend Tony. Um, and his, his email is Tony at CrossFit Gymnastics.com. So. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. Good explanation. Yeah. Was it Spieler? I think I remember hearing him talk about gymnastics progression, specifically the pull-ups. Like you have to do X amount of strict pull-ups before he'll allow you to kip. Mm -hmm. Then you have to do like a pretty high number of kipping pull-ups before he'll even teach you the butterfly. Mm -hmm. And like every gym I've been a part of until recently, it's been inverse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna, gonna throw your stuff. hips to the bar and hopefully get your yeah. chin over the bar a bunch of times. <laughs> throw your shoulder joint, and then those people times. disappear. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're injured. injured. Oh, yeah. Kipping pull up butterfly pull ups with the with a band, like learning butterfly pull ups. It's yeah. wild. It's Hate it. Wild. Yeah. What, what's the purpose of that? So with that in mind, though, like when you're when you're scaling people in a workout, sometimes it's okay to include the band. Sure. Not often. Right. But sometimes it's like, yeah. you need to read your clients. You need to make sure that mentally they're in a good place. Yeah, and you're like, age, hey, we're going we're gonna to work on this today. And then some days you just got to pull the, pull the reins off and be like, hey, you can use that band. You can, I don't want you kipping, but you can use that band to get your chin up over the bar. And you can, you know. Then so you, strength within that movement. Yeah, within that middle range of that movement. But it also helps them, you know, the band is another one of those highly metabolic movements because they can constantly just bounce through it, sure. right? So it's so like he, he looks at the goal, the goal of the workout. Right. What are we doing? On a scale yeah. of 1 to 10, the, what is the stimulus, right? Yep. Fran is a 10, whereas like, you know, a 5K is like a 3, right? So long, yeah. slow road. So if you're doing Fran, you don't want somebody going through very slow because if you have that, if you're, if you're properly programming, you're not programming, you're programming Fran first. Very specific reason yep. within that week, and that's to have an all-out sprint. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the metabolic pathway that you're sure. attempting to achieve. But what you start to see in a lot of affiliates is that they'll use that band constantly and have no progression, but for no reason. Mm -hmm. Besides the fact that they don't know how to teach it or sure. they can't get across them. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is it's like a lot of a lot of coaches are. I would say above all else. If you take your L1 and you're going to open an affiliate, like you best be getting yourself to across the gymnastics course because mm -hmm. those tie in really well to, to see the, the GPP, your, the majority of your members, 90, the 99% of your members, that, that is what's going to help them the most above, above any other cert that you'll likely take. Mm -hmm. If you look at the hierarchy of fitness, gymnastics come before weightlifting. Yep. Right? Gymnastics... Because in order to build the, if you if you are good at performing strict gymnastics movements, you are automatically going to be good at weightlifting because you are aware you have, you have better body awareness. One hundred percent. When I started working with him and Tony, my numbers went through the roof. Yeah, like I was very raw coming through the them through the roof. Roof? Yeah, they just jump. All of a sudden, I was getting better. At like, <laughs> hey, is that a dog? We're we're, we're gonna get on the boat and we're gonna go. <laughs> Down there, do the levy. Yes, you gotta. Yeah. But it was, I gotta bring some guys through. from Southie around here. Yeah, from like in Boston, and have you guys just like like it's like the sharks and the jets. Like, yeah, just have yeah. a conversation. Yeah. It'd be pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. No, but it but it is really true. Like when I started like pulling the reins back on on weightlifting, just because I was generally strong to begin with, whether I was doing things correctly or not. 
when I started doing everything else and really working on the progressions of like strict movements and then in the efficiency movements like my midline and and even like if you talk quarter extremity like all my lifts jumped fast mm -hmm. without weightlifting they just leaps and bounds you know mm -hmm. so it was, it was pretty cool to actually see it happen and so then if you can apply that to like people that you're that you're coaching or training it's pretty fun but they they got to be able to see that and make the connection you have to progress them correctly for that to to occur which is why that course is is so good i think like, coaches have to care too well that too yeah, so many coaches just yeah. got just psyching they're just going through, they're just going through the motions right certification gypsies yeah and yeah. another Podcast, yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of these are just recurring points and they're so good. Because it's they're they're pertinent. It's pertinent from everywhere yeah. they are. Yeah. It's like Greg Glassman says, don't let your eyes get used to their shitty movement, right? I think so many coaches just, just like blinders <laughs> on and they're just like Yeah. Like that's his own. That's Joey, that's what he does. That's that's what he does. Uh, he's he's goofy like that. He's, he's, he's a goofy guy. <laughs> He's a movie because he's got his knees rolling over, he's got 135 pounds of that. That's how he does his thrusters. That's how it works. Then he breaks. Yeah. Right. And then he's gone. Whatever. Because he's dead. But in the sense of Anybody, whether it's coaches, whether it's just people in general. It doesn't have to be everybody doesn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, no. Just, uh, just maybe just that some people would disagree with or something. Right <laughs> and, yeah, it doesn't have to be related to fitness. It's kind of what my world is, though. Yeah. It's, it's um... That's a hard one for me. <laughs> so uh, much. You know, I'm gonna, only because I'm so deep into this book and I'm like trying to apply a lot of these principles to my life. Um, you know, I can I can say, do what you love, and you know, you won't work a day in your life. But that's not true. I mean, you're gonna work at some point, right? Um, but I think I do think work is a choice. Um, I think that uh, Tim Ferriss is onto something with, you know, maybe it's not four hours, maybe it's eight hours. This whole traditional approach to 40 hours a week until you retire, and then all of a sudden you're basically, what are you doing after that, right? You're, you're waiting to die. That's literally what you're doing. You're waiting to die, right? Why do that? Why? I, I, I don't ever plan on retiring. I plan on... I plan on working until working 
until the day that I expire, right? Um, I don't ever want to retire. That's what, that's what my parents have worked for for their whole entire lives. They're retired now. They're miserable. They're absolutely miserable. They hate it. They hate each other because they're miserable. <laughs> but, um, and they're always around each other. So, <laughs> so I think if, um, that would be my one thing is it's like, work hard for things that you love, um, but don't work yourself to death. That's not what you want to do. I mean, it is, yeah. but it should be a long distance away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think that's good because so many people, especially uh, speaking as a young person looking up, going through the ranks of academia and then mm-hmm. hopefully into the business world, I, mean, I guess everyone's kind of told, like, you got to bust your ass. Like, that's the path, right? Run yeah. everything, grind, grind, right. grind, and then Always you look it. like you're busy. Yeah. Always look like you're doing something. So... And then you just kind of hear that. It's nice to hear somebody, because I mean, that was always kind of so stupid to me. I mean, yeah, you bust your ass for things you want to do. You're, if something needs to be done, you do it. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason you should, okay, well, I've got all, all the work that really needs to be done right now done. Mm-hmm. There's no reason I can't go have a couple of drinks with my buddies or train or do whatever you want to do. Yeah, do whatever you want to do. It should be, you know, I think life's a little bit more fun than that and working yourself to the grave hmm. at 40 hours increments or more or more yeah. Yeah. what's your most influential purchase under $100 we were talking about this earlier we are having a really hard time with this um, we found out that nothing in CrossFit is cheap no no but you know what I I have uh, I have a jump rope but I've had really <laughs> I've had a jump rope for five years that's number four five yeah, number four, four. four. So Tori and I were talking about this earlier, that's why she said it. I actually bought her her jump rope as a present to her. Okay. For <laughs> but um, the other thing I have is a pair of victory grips, which are the best gymnastics grips that I've ever used. I think that's also yeah. like at least three for four, yeah. if not four yeah. for four. Yeah. It's a pretty important piece of equipment. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah. man. I'm not waiting until next week to order a jump rope anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm just giving it over to my way home. Get an RPM rope. Yeah, RPM. Yeah. Great way to go. I've had, a, I've had a rope for yeah. five years. All you have to do is replace the cord, and you can go to Home Depot and pick them up. Oh, wow. Yeah, like any cord. Any okay. cord works. Any, any braided metal cord. Okay. Sweet. They're fast. Yep. They're nice. That's what I need. I'm so quick. <laughs> In your area of expertise, um, how can you make something that is complicated more simple? Break it down into its component parts. Take it a piece at a time. Uh, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. But it's so true, right? It you is. Know, everybody looks at these big, hairy objects, these big, hairy, like, scary things, and then they're, they get so involved in, like, fitness or not, right? They get so involved. Tim, the corner of my gym. He, he has hit this goal of the games for the past five years, right? So it's like big, audacious goal. That's like that's the pinnacle of our sport. Tim is literally one of the top 40 people, 40 men in the world in the sport of fitness this year. Pretty cool stuff, right? But he has constantly... Tim could have made it three years ago. Tim could have made it four years ago. Five years ago, he bombed out. But four years ago, three years ago, 
uh, two years ago, last year he had a, one bad event, but he was going for it. So even last year, he could have made it at any one of those one, any one of those years. The reason why he didn't is because he saw it as a big goal instead of seeing, I need to perform, I need to give this one workout my everything. He started working with a coach, Dave Charbonneau, who was an awesome dude. Um, he's actually, Dave's actually here on a team. Uh, he's been on a team five or six times now. He's on CrossFit Dynamics. Yeah, quite a while. This year he's on CrossFit Queens. Um, but Dave's been writing programs for him for three years now and really honing in on his mental game. And Tim takes it one bite at a time. And that's why, you know, he's having fun right now. He's going to crush it this year. It's going to be really cool to see. Yeah, that's really true. Like, I don't know Tim well, but through, like, Eamon and just, you know, social whatever. Media. Like Tim's very active social media. You see him, you, you see the shift, mm-hmm. you know, and then, like, see him out on the on the course today and, like, in the athlete warm-up and stuff. Like, you can get a vibe from a lot of the athletes. You know, no matter what your sport is, you know, crossing football, soccer, whatever, you can get a vibe, like a like a feel for them, like where they're at, and you can kind of tell, like, you know, they're gonna have a really good, good week, mm-hmm. you know, or they're like stressing way too much, you know, and that's gonna crumble them. Sure. Like you know, Tim. Like I mean, I've seen his workouts; they're nuts. It's like it's a lot. It's a huge commitment. But it is it's, it's he crazy. Works, he busted that. Yeah. But for all that work, you know, for him to be here now, you for the first time for how many years? Mm-hmm. You this think that he'd be like time. super stressed out, but you just kinda get a better vibe, like he's he's in a pretty good place, so it's it's cool. He's gonna have fun, he's gonna give it everything he's got. Yeah. He's already he's already put himself in the echelons of the most fit people in the world. Yeah. This year. Right. He's been there years past. I mean, that's the thing is these guys are in a phone. All these guys go to regionals. All these guys and girls go to regionals. They're literally in the top, like, half a percent yeah, of the fractions. world. Yep. Tori, you guys just interviewed, she finished sixth in the Northeast. The Northeast wild. is it's considered one of, if not the most competitive, one of two of the most competitive regions in the world. She's fit. She's like, she's, we call her muscle hamster, and there's a reason. <laughs> she is fit. So. I couldn't tell why. Yeah. <laughs> well, I gave her the nickname D-Ball. On <laughs> that. <laughs> but people, she didn't take well of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 Made her sound like she was more rotund. <laughs> she's not very rotund. Yeah. We decided muscle hamster. Mm-hmm. So. What information would you tell yourself if you could go back 10 years? Oh, oh, oh. Oh man, don't have that second beer, or fifth beer. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years ago, I was uh, twenty-six, uh, so I was in the Navy. Um, probably would have to do with like, you know what? I would have told myself I was training pretty hard. Um, I would have told myself to start educating myself a little bit better on methodologies, or you know, I was doing CrossFit. Right, but I would have delved into it a little bit further, um, so that when I separated from the Navy in two thousand eight, instead of kind of bouncing around a little bit, which I met my wife, you know, yeah, good life experience. Yeah, yeah. it's been yeah. great. But I could have maybe approached this business from a slightly different perspective. In that, um, maybe I would have opened an affiliate sooner. 
so then you know, would have had a chance to grow in the early stages of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 2020 hindsight at this point. But I would have told myself to um, focus more on the process instead of the result, as far as this is concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I had to drink less. <laughs> like you said, hindsight is totally fun. I was going off the war, man. I just wanted to. There is no yeah, health. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, where can people find you? Uh, like social media one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't give yeah. your home address. No. <laughs> no. Gets weird. Phone numbers. <laughs> or Paul's. You probably yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the next four days. Um, my Instagram is uh, aimon.coin. It's E-A-M-O-N dot C-O-Y-N-E. Um, I'm not really on like pretty much anything else. I'm on Facebook, but not. Yeah, I guess I'm. It's like well, if you go if you, if you meet me on if you go to my Facebook, you just need a picture of my kid. Yeah, that's about it. Mm-hmm. So that's like the personal. Yeah, sure. Personal. Um, my email is uh, Amen at CrossFit Palace. That's P A L L A S dot com. So cool. send me your gymnastics questions, your programming questions, questions about the World Series of Fitness. Um, Paul's favorite soap. Yep, I'm give you that. Any uh, sponsors? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a couple. I got a couple sponsors. Not just us. Not just us. Hey! Uh, We have some some delicious food in the fridge. Yeah. So Rosie Joe Meals, uh, who's actually here at the CrossFit Games, um, they've been incredibly good to me, um, providing me with uh, a ton of food. Really good food. Closed down their nationwide shipping a few months ago, but right after the games, they were reopening that, uh, which is a huge deal for them. Um, She is a classically trained chef from the Culinary Institute. Wow. So it is the premier um, chef school in the country. Um, she's awesome. Um, she's also one of the people that's involved in the World Series Fitness. Okay. Um, she's kind of back in the whole thing, which is great. No, no cash outlay for me. <laughs> that's what I believe. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, of course, these guys, Paragon. Uh, I was, I like Paul was saying, I did some uh, beta testing for them early on. Um, zero expectations. I just wanted to help these guys out, and then they brought me on as an athlete this year um, when they when they first opened, um, and we kind of used connections to help them kind of build their team. And I think you guys got a pretty solid group of individuals. I think so. Yeah, seems like good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's more than just protein. It's like the um, as a combat veteran, I have a really hard time sleeping, um, and the night games has changed the game for me, um, pulling me off of all kinds of like medications, actual narcotics. Um, I'm not taking anything anymore, and this is what I use for sleep. Seems to be a theme. Puts me under <laughs> very well, so my wife's trying to be like, hey, the baby's crying, yeah. and I'm like, I can't understand anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, or at least that's what you tell her, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Roll over. Don't game. watch the episode. <laughs> I don't have I don't have boobs. I don't have what you need. <laughs> um, and then uh, Redline Gear, um, uh, clothing sponsor, uh, Matt O'Keefe, uh, who's actually the um, he's an agent for a lot of the, the big name athletes. Um, took me on when I met him at uh, CrossFit Atlanta. Conversation went something like this. Hey Matt, how often do you sponsor mediocre athletes? And he said, he said, 
you looking for a sponsorship? I said, yeah, if you're given one. So that's how that conversation started. That's it's not very mediocre, yeah. but I'm fair. Above fair. Bum shoulder right now. <laughs> um, so Redline gear. Um, great clothes, great shorts. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. So Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking awesome. the time. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. It. It was fun. Yeah. You know, we tangent it off. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> Always the way to go. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. Thank you for checking out this episode of Clinically Pressed. Go to clinicallypressed.com for full show notes and links to everything that was covered in this episode. While you're there, you have access to all of our episodes, insights, and shorts. You can find Clinically Pressed on YouTube and any podcast outlet. If you could give us a rating, thumbs up, or review on how we are doing, we would greatly appreciate it. To get more free content delivered to your inbox, sign up for the Total Athletic Therapy Newsletter. You'll get direct links to all new clinically pressed episodes, reviews on some of the latest research in health and performance, and links to related podcasts and other items meant to help you make the complicated simple and optimize performance. Thank you for listening and see you next episode.